0: And uh, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, McCabe Travel, who are sponsoring this um, uh, webinar, uh, they're doing a trip to Rome in CC for tablet readers in October, I hope to possibly see some of you there. Um, and uh, welcome to th- this evening, and uh, it's great to be with you uh, for this uh, discussion, I hope it's really a conversation more than um, me speaking for too for too long I'd like to obviously offer a few opening remarks but it's it's great to be with you and it's a a great privilege for me to be the Tablets Rome correspondent covering the pontificate of Pope Francis um, and all the goings on in the Vatican and of course to share those with you uh, in the view from Rome uh, each week uh, in the column of course but also on the other uh, outlets at the Tablet uh, has the other platforms um it, tonight I think is very much a chance to have a conversation about the things that that i that I cover things I've written about please ask me anything that, that you want um, and I'll try to answer uh, as best. Uh, as i can uh, amanda said it's a bit like you know one of those evenings with michael buble you know where you can have a have a free-ranging discussion <laughs> i wouldn't claim to be anywhere nearly as a talented as, as as an individual as him is um but i hope that that format um that it's very much a discussion that we're having this evening um can uh can can frame what what, what we do um so as i said I, i'd like to um start with a few uh, opening uh, remarks and then um we can open it up uh to the floor um and uh, i'm just going to sh- share with you a few reflections uh, of things that have been going on in rome recently and 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 where we are uh in terms of the francis pontificate and, and in the church more generally so i'll, I'll speak for a, for a few moments and then i hope we can um uh, open it up for a, a broader uh, conversation so um, i think We are at a critical moment for the church and its pontificate. It's almost nine years uh, since Jorge Bergoglio was elected as Pope. Um, It'll be just over a fortnight's time, March the 13th. Um, I remember vividly where I was on March the 13th, 2013. I was standing in St. Peter's Square and looking up at the balcony overlooking the square and hearing the news that um Borgoglio had been elected and i never forget people around me saying who is he you know who 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 is this 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 guy and i uh, have to say it was a total surprise for me uh, to see the election um of, of Bergoglio, Borgoglio who was really not seen as a, as a front runner for the for the papacy back in in 2013 um, and I never forget him coming out onto the balcony, welcoming the crowd with Buonasera, and showing at that point that he was going to take the church on a journey, on a journey that he has led the church on for the last nine years. That he wasn't just going to be one of those popes who was going to be distant from the people, but he was going to walk with the people in this synodal pathway.
1: um i'll just just sorry, like it. sorry christopher you, you
2: you you're back with us are you
0: yeah sorry did i you, did you, i for you, froze, so I, off you go. Sorry. okay Sorry. sorry sorry about that um i'll start i'll go back a, a, a step so francis is very much as, as i wrote in my book the outsider pope who has uh, sought to go to the peripheries and to bring the peripheries of the church into Rome. I was speaking recently to a senior official in the Vatican who said that the danger of the Vatican, the danger of Rome, is that it becomes a bubble. It's like anywhere. It's like Westminster. It's like um, the centre of, of of power it can become a bubble, and it can people can assume that the Vatican is the church. And the whole point about Francis is he has taken uh, the peripheries, the gone out to where the church is on the ground, and tried to bring that in to the centre, to bring that. To Rome. He did that with the Amazon Synod in 2019 by bringing the the bishops and leaders of the church in the Amazon to Rome. He did. He's doing that now through the global synodal process, which is uh, you know, an unprecedented moment in the church, really like a third, Vatican, like a third Vatican Council to, to go on from the second Vatican Council. This global synodal process is seeking to hear from all Catholics listening to the church as the people of god now one of the things that i have covered closely uh, in my time as a tablet correspondent is the opposition that francis has faced so this journey that the pope has has tried to take the church on has been resisted and still is resisted in in many places and you know it, it does uh, it does strike me, and, and sometimes it is quite shocking to see um, the the things that Francis has to come up against. And uh, you know, just to give you an example, you know, we, of course, Francis, over the summer, um, had colon surgery, um, so an operation. It was kind of came out of the blue when the, the Vatican announced he was having this surgery, and you know, obviously, set a lot of uh, a, a lot of speculation running. But it has been put about in Rome recently these f- uh, false rumors that that francis has cancer and that he is going to die soon and there'll be another pope who will ch- take things in a different direction and it's quite sh- um striking that it's not just low-level officials who've been spreading this false claim There's actually at least one cardinal i know who's been putting this idea about so it gives you a sense of 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 what francis is 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 battling um against it's not just The opposition to what he might be trying to do. It's also this kind of misinformation that 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 he's that he's grappling with. Um, You might ask me, you know, how is Pope Francis? Well, uh, I had the chance to meet him uh, very recently last week. Um, I met him at the general audience with my family, um, uh, and you know, it was it was it was a it was a lovely meeting um, because Francis is very good in kind of those 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 personal encounters but it, it struck me when I saw him you know that he's you know he's moving a bit more slowly than than he did in those early years of his pontificate he's certainly you know uh, a bit slowed up he's 85 years of age uh, now and he has a you know he's, he's, he's a bit slower um, but it struck me that this is someone who you know when he came down to to greet people was full of energy and, and vigor and and from talking to people in rome my sense is that he's uh, pushing his his foot down flat on the accelerator and that he's not showing any signs that he wants to step down he still has a lot of work to do um and uh, i've written about the uh, uh, encounter that uh, i had with francis in the view from rome this week and you can you can read it there but it was it it was um it was lovely i mean the pope Came around to meet people, and he and he came to see uh, me and my family, and um, introduced him to my to my oldest children and my wife Isabel, and then uh, I had my youngest with me, Tom, who's two years old, and uh, he was crying. He, he he needed to have his nap at that point, point. and uh, Francis said, um, he said, look, you know, when the children see uh, the man dressed in white, they think it's a doctor, and they get worried and so i understand why 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 your little one is 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 upset and i think that kind of sums up um, francis as a person he's he's very much uh, a a pastorally minded uh, pope a bit like a, you know a, a good and holy parish priest uh, and he's got a great sense of humor so i would say having seen him up close recently in the flesh that that francis is is as determined uh, as ever and he's still got a lot to, uh, to to accomplish. I think you know, it's true that early on in his pontificate, he thought he would do three to four years and that would be enough. Um, and now uh, I think he's decided and it, it's been confirmed to me by quite a few people that he wants to stay until he's sure that his reforms are irreversible. And so uh, on the question of, of reforms in the Vatican, um, Francis, you know, is this week meeting with his Council of Cardinal Advisors, his kind of cabinet who advise him on the uh, on the reforms of the church, something he established soon after his election. They, of course, are looking at a new constitution for the Roman Curia, which is going to reshape and reset how the, the, the church's central administration works, putting missionary evangelization at the heart of what uh, the curia does and also service of the local churches so it's not rome standing up there um, above everyone else in a in a sort of command and control uh, approach to all the difficult questions in the church it's very much a healthy decentralization that francis is is trying to to bring about and um, there's been recent reforms of the vatican's congregation for the doctrine of the faith the uh doctrine office that is um you know, over the years had quite a controversial role in, in the church for its various rulings on uh, questions of homosexuality LGBT questions on investigating theologians and, of course, as a big role in investigating clerical sexual abuse. Uh, so Francis has uh, put an overhaul or did an overhaul of the CDF to clarify what its roles are and very interestingly he said that the role of the CDF is to um, promote doctrine in, to evangelise. So not doctrine as in, uh, here are the rules and if you haven't followed them, we are going to investigate you and, and etc., which is, has been in some ways the, the, the approach of the past, but very much that the, the, the doctrine is done uh, as a mode to evangelise and to explain what the Christian Catholic faith is all about but also to do that in dialogue with scientific developments, in dialogue with the rest of the church. So a small shift, you might say, but I think very significant. And it's laying the ground for further changes, which will be outlined in this new constitution for the Roman Curia that we are expecting this year. But it's not just about the structural changes, it's also about the changes to personnel in the vatican and one cardinal cardinal oscar rodriguez maradiaga who advises francis told me the big thing are new people in the vatican and we have in the roman curia at a senior level a lot of uh, uh, prefects or leaders of congregations who have got past the retirement age and so the pope has to make some big decisions on who he's going to appoint to uh, departments such as the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith that I just mentioned, but also the Congregation for Bishops, for example, the body that plays a key role in appointing bishops around the world, the body that will play uh, a very important part in the appointment or the choice of the next Archbishop of Westminster, for example. Now that congregation is led by Cardinal Mark Willette, he's 77 years old, he's past the retirement age, so The Pope has to make some important uh, personnel decisions uh, in uh, the very near future as well. Taking a step back from the Curia, the synodal process that has been started is really crucial. Um, As I said, it it is like a Third Vatican Council, uh, although not necessarily in Rome, it's a Third Vatican Council in part um, through the various local synods. That is going to reach a crescendo in october 2023 with the synod gathering um, which will take place in rome uh, but in many ways we can see the reforms already starting to happen the synod has, has opened up discussions on the role of women on the question of women deacons on lgbtq matters and the Vatican has said this: com- we can have this, we can have a conversation about this. Now, there was a story I wrote about, about how a group called New Ways Ministry, which had been put on a, a resource list for the synod, and then was taken off um, by the Vatican, and was then put back on uh, by the the synod of bishops office, and the Vatican official who had removed it apologized. Now again it may seem like a small thing but if you think about new ways ministry which had been investigated by the congregation for the doctrine of the faith several years ago was now being put back on the synod office's resource material for who has a voice within the synod it's very significant um and i think that's that's what how synodality and the synodal reforms are already having an impact, is they are giving everyone a voice. And that's the start. I think that's how the Pope envisages reform. I think that's how the Pope sees uh, the way to uh, tackle clericalism, tackle the imbalances of power in the church, some of the poor governance in the church, is to say, no, we need a new way of being the church. We need to include, we need to participate so the implementation of the second vatican council is is crucial in the francis uh, pontificate and the synod process uh, is part of that also we're seeing with the liturgy um, we saw last year francis issued restrictions on the old rite of the mass the Tridentine mass now there's been a lot of um, Uh, criticism on social media of this decision by by traditionalists and others and uh, this week in the tablet i've got an interview with archbishop arthur roach who is in charge of uh, the liturgy in the vatican he's the highest ranking um, english priest there and he has been heavily involved in the 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 latest um, restrictions of the old rite, which i which i mentioned but also in trying to uh, plot a path for, for liturgical reform and renewal. And in the interview, you'll see how he, he, he um, explains how the council brought about the reforms of the liturgy, but he is concerned. And uh, I can give you a sneak preview into the, into the interview. He's very concerned about the formation that goes on in seminaries and that in seminaries, a lot of young priests are being uh, formed. In the seminaries, and then leaving and wanting to kind of go back to the uh, old rite liturgies and that that style pre-Vatican II, and his uh, department is preparing a document on this question of formation. The Pope, he said, is very concerned about it. He's very concerned about young priests who are not formed in the uh, teaching of Vatican II so watch this space uh, on that and, as I say, implementation of the Council is absolutely at the heart of what Francis is trying to do. So um, what can we expect in the the coming months? Well, as I mentioned, we have the uh, Constitution of the Curia, we have papal trips coming up one in Malta uh, in April. There's talk of one in South Sudan and in Lebanon. Of course, Francis's role as a peace builder uh, in global conflict areas has is, is been something that has been a, a, a leitmotif of his, of his papacy. Um, we also have the Vatican Finance Corruption Trial, um, which is going on and on and on. It's still in the kind of preliminary phases, the trial over the disastrous purchase of the property in London, in Chelsea, in London uh which took place over a, a number of years in which the vatican lost a lot of money almost a, like, estimated 100 million euros uh that is being uh, that trial is taking place but again that's a sign that that francis is getting to grips with the problems that have, that have long plagued the vatican over financial scandals that he is uh, ordering investigations and he's trying to to clean up networks uh of corruption that we can also expect uh, new cardinals at some point this year uh, Francis has appointed about i think it's about 55 percent of the the people who will elect uh, his successor and of course that's that's crucial um, for the continuing uh, uh, reforms that Francis has has begun um, and and Yes, I, I think we can expect uh, Cardinals, new Cardinals at some point, uh, And that will be interesting, interesting to see who, who will be named. I think mean, one of those could well be the um, Archbishop Roach, who, uh, who I've interviewed this week in, in, in the tablet. So, of course, appointing Cardinals is the closest thing the Pope has to succession planning, and Francis has really reshaped the College of Cardinals uh, to appoint people who who share his his vision, but also from a much broader spectrum from uh, across the world. So I think that is something to to uh, look out for. I think it's a very exciting time to be uh, involved in Catholic journalism and church journalism and covering the Vatican. Um, we have a Pope who's very uh, media friendly, I would say, um, we get as journalists fairly good access in terms of the papal plane, papal trips. Um, when you go on a trip, the pope comes to the back of the plane, meets journalists. You get a chance to speak to him, um, and we have a pope who who is willing to be uh, to to dialogue with journalists, to talk to, to the media. He doesn't see it as some kind of concession or something. Well, oh, I've got to I've got to talk to the media. He actually sees engagement with uh the media and journalists as a crucial part of of his ministry so it's 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 really uh fascinating to be to be covering uh the vatican at this time and you might ask you know how does a vatican journal journalist covering the vatican go about their business well you know you get a certain amount of information through the vatican uh you have the daily bulletin at midday um but you know like any journalist covering an institution you know, or like the Vatican, say you were covering the House of Parliament or the White House, you have to also nurture contacts, you have to find out what's going on behind the scenes. So a big part of what I do is is speaking to people, is taking them out, trying to find out what's going on. Um and you know that in that way covering the Vatican is is, is similar to to as I say, covering any other um institution a political institution Uh, the vatican press corps is a a a fascinating group of of journalists um, from all over the world so it's a a kind of a multilingual group so you can you try and get different perspectives on on what's going on so the the english catholic media journalists may be focused on one thing but the french are looking at something else and the italians have got another angle and the spanish and the germans so you've kind of constantly got to be Moving across the different uh, cultures and, and language groups perspective to see what's what's going on, but it really makes it uh, a fascinating uh, beat to cover. Uh, and I think you know, the, the Vatican, the, there's always a bit of wariness of of journalists, and it can be difficult at times um, to to get access, and there's there's, there's tensions, et tensions, etc. But I think fundamentally with Francis, is it's a different. Uh, it's a different moment to, to how it was even 20, 15 years ago, um, and uh, I noticed that um, Tom Rees, Father Tom Rees, the Jesuit who was editor of America magazine, uh, has written about how he was ousted as editor of America during uh, his time, he was, and he was effectively removed by Pope Benedict when he was Cardinal Ratzinger. Um, and I think the tablet came under a bit of pressure from, from Rome uh, during those years of, of John Paul II uh, for running articles which had a very range of opinions on various contentious topics. Um, and I think what, what we're seeing with France is, is, is a very different approach when it comes to discussion and debate in the church. Whereas Tom Reese found himself removed from his position, uh, we've now got far more open uh for more open discussion uh and i think the the important thing uh with francis is uh he and when it comes to his reforms it's not about him deciding everything it's very much about opening the processes of change so i think it's this this pontificate is is a journey and i think it will be a journey that won't necessarily be completed within the Francis pontificates timeframe. Um, you know, when the Pope meets uh, people, senior officials in the Vatican, they say, he doesn't take notes. You know, he's not there with a notepad saying, he's. it's very much uh, a question of him engaging with people. Yes, he'll sign things, etc. but he's wary of too much institutionalizing of uh, reform. Now, there's, there's pros and cons to that, and we can discuss that. Um, and some people say he should do more to, to change X, Y, and Z. But I think the way Francis sees things is about opening processes and, and recognizing that, as he says, time is greater than space. So he's holding different things in tension, having disagreement, allowing for criticism, uh, allowing for debate, but this idea that he's opening the way for reform, opening the pathways. I think that's that's absolutely central to to this pontificate. Um, I would also say that uh, when it comes to the English speaking Catholic media, um, whereas I mentioned Tom Reese's time when the when the Vatican uh, was was often wary of of, of journals that were that, that would take a, a different view to the to the one put out by the Vatican say that today it's quite different actually the English speaking Catholic media is kind of dominated uh, by voices that are skeptical or wary of Francis so so you know the same voices that were criticizing Tom Reese when he was at America are the same voices now very very critical of Francis and the papacy and doing so in a way that Tom Reese and the tablet would never have dreamed of doing uh, at that time and I think You know, this is why the tablet's voice uh, is so precious, and this is why, uh, for me, covering uh, the Francis pontificate for the tablet is such a privilege uh, and a joy. Uh, And I I want to thank you for for your support in making that possible and uh, very happy now to take any questions that you have. Please don't be shy.
2: If you have any questions? Please feel free. Just one. And,
0: and I should the say, and I should say, we we're delighted that McCabe Travel is is part of this uh, event, sponsoring the event and and on the call. And McCabe is taking a pilgrimage uh, of tablet readers to Rome and Assisi in October.
3: Can I say something? I'm very diffident, because I'm not very knowledgeable on everything. I'm, my name's Trisha Carr. Hello. Hello. Um, it's just, um, with all this Synod um, business that's going on, um, I've, I've followed the Bristol Synod a lot, and I was deeply impressed by it. But um, with uh, the, the, the present Synod, we've had all these various meetings, etc. because I'm housebound. Mm. Uh, we had one on on Zoom, which was jolly nice of the deacon to arrange it. But there was a sort of programme of questions that we had to answer. And I was less than impressed in, in retrospect, because they were all talking about, merely about the parish, which is brilliant. And yes, we need to look at all of that. Of course we do. But there wasn't a single question about church corruption, about um, the, the paedophilia, about LGBT and all of that lot. And I would just... Is that the same in all, all parishes, or is it was it just um, in our diocese? Hmm.
0: Well, where is your diocese?
3: Um, it's um, dear Bishop Declan. I think he's absolutely oh, okay. wonderful. But the thing <laughs> is, all the questions that came out to us—he's um, my hero, apart from Pope Francis. But uh, um, but uh, um, I just didn't understand it, and nobody ever listens to me so I thought I'd jolly well say it now I hope I did not
0: upset well anybody I, I think you you, you <laughs> raise a very important point because I don't think the synod is about answering questionnaires that is not a synod the synod is a, a, a process of discernment and listening and that requires um you know, time and energy and, and people gathered together and um, it's not just i say answering answering questions and questionnaires so i think one of the the difficulties with the synod process has been um that because it's such a new thing for some parts of the church they haven't quite known how to how to deal with it so they've gone down the questionnaire route now all i can say is um anyone who thinks a synod is going to be all done and dusted with the questionnaire is sorely mistaken and anyone who thinks the Synod is going to be all over in 2023, again, is mistaken. We're only at the beginning of this. Uh, and so uh, what I see happening is the Synod will gather, Synod of Bishops will gather in 2023 in Rome. And then I think it will go back to local churches. They won't finish it there. They'll say, right, we're going to now see, let's see if this, if what we've agreed as bishops is is agreed and received by the people of God on the ground so 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 there's that happening and the other thing is it's about and how Francis sees it is synodality is embedded into the life of the church you know at every level so at the parish level diocesan level um but I think it's going to take time um and uh yeah I, I think we're only at the very beginning so I think you're right to say you know questionnaires are not are not enough because that that really isn't this you know that's not the synod
3: I'm so glad you said that because at the end of it initially I thought this was good that we did it then I suddenly got terribly depressed and started reading the questions all over again and I just thought no this isn't it so yeah. thank you. you you cheered me up <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> well, stick with it <laughs> hi
2: hello hi um neil tozer um I'm, I'm glad to hear what you say that that that, that um w- the synod in rome or the final act in rome won't be the end of it um because it does seem that uh, the reception of the synod um in this country is 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 mixed to say the least and there's a um a fear that um, it might die and and that's my fear. I've been away from the church for a while and and come back fairly recently Um, and uh, I'm aghast um, to see the church that I grew up in in the wake of Vatican II in such a state in this country Um, and so I'm I'm really overjoyed at at the synod process and I've just hope and pray that it continues so i'm pleased to hear that you think it will continue after 2023 um, and that something the ball has been set in
0: motion and won't stop yeah thank thanks neil i think i think that's absolutely right it um the ball has been set in motion i think there are people who perhaps like you um, may think this has come a bit late um, and there were, here some people are worried. It's 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 you know this should have happened, many decades ago. Uh, of course, there have been since since Vatican II, um, local synods, synod-style gatherings, but they often didn't receive um, a good reception in Rome, or they were they were viewed with suspicion in Rome. Uh, now that's changed because Rome is leading it. Rome is saying let's do this. So uh, I think that's, uh, uh, you know, that's an important thing to bear in mind and also to bear in mind that synodality is, 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 is not a new thing in the church, it's, it's, it's part of what it is to be the church and it's part of the tradition. And so it, it, there are, I think, some some priests and, and others who are oh, what is this new idea that Pope Francis has got? Well, it's not a new idea. So I think that's important to, to, to bear in mind. Um, I know we've got more questions coming in. Um, I think Rose Darwin is, is, is next. Rose. Oh, I think you're muted. Hi.
4: Hi. Yeah, uh, yeah. so um, didn't uh, I was ready to type a question. Wasn't sure about speaking uh, on Zoom. However, um, just recently, I work with young people. So I'm a chaplain in Catholic schools and recently had a wonderful opportunity to watch the film Francesco with um, some, a group of sixth form students and year 10 students. They were so impressed with uh, Francis and how like one person can make such an impact, different countries in the world that he's visiting and talking to leaders and just changing things because of his, his presence really and because of all the journalists and everything they say about him. Um, and I just want to know how we can maybe... Uh, how Francis himself could speak to the young people in schools you know about the Synod about all the issues going on at the moment in the church and and now we've got things like Zoom you know the way we're doing it just now maybe there could be something that uh, where young people get to ask questions and the questions can be like pre-arranged with Pope with the Pope and um, I just think that we're missing something huge there's so much hope in these young people but it's very hard to go in even as a teacher or a chaplain or a priest and just say so we're doing this thing the synod and this is what the synod is and it's very dry and it's very when you're just telling them about it but if the pope could actually tell them about it himself even on the screen and they could interact in the way we are now wouldn't that be amazing Hmm. i mean i don't know whether there are any thoughts about this
0: yeah i I i think that's a great point and um First of all, the Pope tomorrow is doing something that similar to what you mentioned um, with uh, university students um, a, in the US, um, and it, it's so, so it's so it's it's an it's an open um, it, it's an open uh, event, and he is uh, he's I can try, I'm going to try and find um, the 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 exact uh, group he's doing it with. It's for the Jesuit University, so. I I think Francis is open to that kind of thing, Um, and you know what you know. I would say suggest it to the Vatican um, if 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 you think that it could work, Um, and I think that the the Pope is open to those kind of things. Um, uh, Whether you would get him on a on a Zoom like this, and I don't know, that might be could be difficult, but I just think that. there are there's possibilities of getting a recorded message um you know that there, there are there is an openness i think in in the vatican to to this kind of thing and and yeah i mean I, th- I think at the same time we do have to say it can't all be resting on the pope's shoulders if there's you know we have to take or, or you and your and your role has to ta- have to take the lead uh to to, to a certain extent
4: um i'm sure that, and that's what we're doing in the schools in the sure. guys and um but it would be amazing for him to give a mess even if it was a message to just to the young people in schools you know at that level
2: yeah so I, thinking,
4: I, I, speaking to them not necessarily about the synod just about the world and about the way the church is going and his what his, his vision his mission is really um, yeah absolutely i mean, i definitely would contact the vatican if i thought this was something that he
0: might be able to it's worth he's, he's doing something tomorrow with loyola university
4: okay. Um
0: university students will link up at 7 p.m uh, eastern time um sorry 7 p.m european time so it's at 6 p.m uk time and he's going to be talking to them um uh, so that that that's something i would suggest you um uh you, to get involved, I mean, not get involved, in, but you can watch it, it's an open thing, and I, and in terms of a message from the Pope, well, as I said, I, I think the Vatican and he is open to things, if if you have an idea, you know, I think contact them, and I think, you know, and if you need help, I mean, it's always worth contacting, you know, Cardinal Vincent Nichols or the, or, the, or the Bishops' Conference to say, can you help us with this? Um, okay. So, okay. I, I think, you know, anything's possible
4: that's good advice thank you for that okay
0: yeah. thank you um dave Berf, david burford has got his hand up david thank you uh, christopher can you hear me yep. yes can. i can excellent
5: um i've got a couple of dismays to register the first one's historic in that um i was involved in the 1980 pastoral congress which um we took took place in this country and of course those of us with long memories will recall that it wasn't received very well um, when it was taken to rome and pope john Paul ii basically snubbed it and it was set to one side which was a great pity because it was um, a lot of goodwill on the part of the british people the english and welsh um uh, community i think put forward this easter people project um that history and that's that's gone, but it it did snuff out a great deal of enthusiasm which took place at that time. My second dismay is really, I find it very sad to see the political factions and the loggerheads that are going on at the top of the tree, and I just wonder whether this is always as it has been, or whether, for example, you said you've been in Rome for. Or a dozen years or so. I mean, have you seen a change in that attitude, particularly with um, the change from
0: Benedict to Francis? Mm. Well, thank you. And I think um, to, to answer the question on, about the Liverpool Pastoral Congress, I mean, I've I, I, you know I've heard a lot about um, the disappointment um, that, that that was registered um, after the, the lack of. Um, response from Rome. Um, Now, I I, I don't know enough about what exactly happened, but I think that it was at that time, it came just the time, the Pastoral Congress, when uh, John Paul II and the Vatican was was trying to retrench in some ways uh, or, or redefine what Vatican II was all about, in, in, to, to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, so I can understand why people now are thinking, well, you know, why should we get involved in this because of what happened then? As I say, I think the difference is we have a pope who wants this process, who wants uh, the things that, that were discussed at the Liverpool Pastoral Congress to be discussed again, he wants to, to see Uh, you know who wants to see this happen um, in terms of synodality so I don't think we should underestimate the importance of that uh, the opportunity that there is there Uh, and I think I would say that there isn't another game in town or there isn't another show in town other than the synod process so I think, for that reason, and for the fact that Francis is is so much on side with making this happen, and is and is leading it, and is is saying let's do this, um, I think that's the reason why people should take it seriously, and and the, and why it won't be a repeat of of, of 1980. Um, in terms of your other question, I, I haven't been covering things in Rome for quite as long as twelve years, but um, I, I have been at the Tablet since two thousand and nine, and I have seen a, a, definitely a shift in in how things have gone on, what, what's happened in the Church, um, particularly around the uh, ability to have an open discussion. The, the, the fear of, of of making a point that was somehow going to get you in trouble with with Rome has has how that has changed um i mean the vatican will always be a political organization or, you know it's always going to have uh, i think to, to a certain level degree of intrigue and um politicking going on i think that's that's probably part of part of life and human nature um, but I think what what we do see differently under Francis is is a, a clearer, I think, much clearer sense of where the church is going and the mission of the church, and particularly, as I mentioned earlier, bringing in the voices from the church on the ground into the centre. So what I think has changed is that the, the Vatican bubble is being challenged a lot more under under this pontificate, and actually what is at the periphery is coming into the center. So I think for that reason, um, there are lots of grounds to be hopeful, but I don't think we're gonna get rid of the the politicking in in Rome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Paul Doherty has a question. Paul.
5: Thank you, Chris. Um, You said that, um, Francis wants to carry on till his reforms are irreversible so by definition the fact that he's still there means that those reforms are not yet irreversible in his mind um, so my question really is do you think that the reforms and especially the synodal pathway process have got enough of a head of steam to survive if god forbid uh, Francis were to die in the um, in the coming months or um uh, earlier than when he feels that it is
0: irreversible well i think that's um a great question and um depends who you speak to uh, in 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 rome in the vatican there are some people who think that um you know that, that that old saying after a fat pope you get a thin pope and you know things go things go in another direction and there's a pendulum and 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 you know we're going to go in a more cautious conservative conservative direction. Um, or an anti Francis direction. Um, but there are others who. Um, would strongly disagree with that, and one of those is is Archbishop Roach who's, who i have who, uh, as I say I interviewed in in this week's. Um, In this week's paper, and he says that that those who think that it's going to go in another direction against away from Francis are showing an enormous ignorance of Vatican II. And I think this is the crucial point: is it the the Francis Pontificate is not just his pet project and pet ideas. These are this is the Council, and so for that reason, um, I think that the synodal process will outlast this pontificate because I think it is about implementing the council. So it's bigger than Francis. Um, And he's also reshaped the College of Cardinals. So um, he has ensured that the people who will be voting at the next conclave um, are people who, broadly speaking, are sympathetic with his with his vision, but they've also come from uh, a far more diverse uh, set of countries around the world. So I I think um, you no know, you can never have you can never say for sure how things are going to go, but I think that that Francis has started something that is is not going to end when he eventually. Um, Steps aside, or, or whatever happens. Hopeful, Next, hopeful, if, so thank you. So, okay, <laughs> thank you for your question. And uh, Miko, am I said yes, that correct, Miko? Yes. Yes.
5: Uh, thank you. Yes, i I'm, My name is Miko Ketola, and I'm, I'm from uh, Finland. Uh, about Ukraine, do you think uh, Francis is going to say or do something? That could help the situation in Ukraine.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's a good question, and uh, he mentioned something today in the um, in the papal audience. Um, so, I think when it comes to you, the, you, the Ukraine, and uh, I should say, in in the things he said so far, what Francis is saying is, it's up to the political leaders to resolve this. Um, now. There has been talk, um, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, said that he would be willing to meet Putin in the Vatican. Now that was discussed and and of course, Francis has met Putin and he's met uh, the president of Ukraine. So now where that has got to, I'm not sure, but um, it's, I would surmise that, that that hasn't got got anywhere, but as I say, what Francis is, is, has always offered in his pontificate and what the Vatican has, has offered for, for many decades is a, a kind of a safe space to mediate through conflicts so. That was offered by um, or, or that was said by the President of Ukraine that he would meet Putin in the Vatican. Um, Francis has, has traveled to the caucus area countries um on a, he's on, a, on a number of trips he's um met with patriarch Kirill. and um, he has uh vatican has has links into russia and ukraine um and the pope was going to go to ukraine that's been on the cards as well so i i think at this stage the vatican is 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 not actively involved but it has all the um the, the pieces in place to potentially help um, broker some kind of peace. But the Vatican would not say, we are doing this. The Vatican would say, if we are asked to, we will help facilitate it. It's that way around, if you, if, you, if you see what I mean.
5: Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you.
0: Okay. And, and Francis has definitely been someone who has utilized the diplomatic, um, Arm of the Vatican to the to to a strong extent. So he's been involved in he's involved in, in the Cuba uh, U.S. reconciliation diplomatic reconciliation. He's been involved with South Sudan conflict resolution and in Central Africa helping them with ele- in elections. So he's he is very involved politically. Um, next is Ian Hare. Ian.
5: Good evening.
0: Good evening. Um-
5: I'm an Anglo-Catholic and I was really against the ordination of women. But since I've experienced their ministry, I have completely changed my mind. In fact, several I've met have left the Roman Catholic Church to uh, enter the Anglican ministry. And I do hope that the church will at least agree to women deacons so you can experience their wonderful ministry. Hope I'm not being too controversial.
0: Well, I, I you know, the Pope set up the um, commission on women deacons, and there's a second commission going on now. It's something that's going that, that that's on uh, you know under discussion, and you know my personal view is it won't be Rome that decides this. It'll be the local churches that decide this at the local synods if there is a consensus through this synod process that women deacons um, are, are requested and uh, can uh, help with uh, them in the mission of the, of the church I think Francis would, uh, would move forward with it
2: um,
0: the, the, there will be of course resistance and there was resistance to women deacons uh, during the Amazon Synod um, so that 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 is obviously a factor to bear in mind but if the local synod of the local churches request this call for this discern that this is the way forward I don't see why Francis would 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 stop that
5: thank you very much thank
0: you thank you And the next is uh, Teresa Kennedy. Teresa. I think muted. Sorry.
1: I was very encouraged recently to to read uh, that the Pope is concentrating on the formation in seminaries, and you yourself have mentioned it now because I think it's quite depressing. I look around, I won't say where I am, but I look around the parishes surrounding me, where there are at least three, if not four, priests who were ordained in the last four years, who are sultan-wearing, beretta-wearing, and would like to have the tridentine form of the liturgy. And it's, it's you just don't know what, where it's coming from. And it's, it's sheer clericalism, I think, but it's It's where it's coming from and what we can, if anything, we can do about it if there isn't a reform of the seminaries.
0: Yeah, I I think the Pope and Rome in general is very aware of the issues that you that you just raised. And uh, I think there are there are steps that are are being prepared. There's, as I say, a document being prepared uh, on seminary formation when it comes to liturgy. Um, there is a very good, uh, as far as I haven't met him yet, but I'm hoping to meet him. The new Korean bishop who is in charge of the Congregation for Clergy, um, Bishop Lazarus. Mm. Um, uh, he uh, he comes from, as I say, Korea, where there's where there's where there there are quite a lot of vocations in Korea, and it's quite a growing church, um, uh, and he is from what i understand across the issues and aware of what needs to happen um i I think the synod process will be looking at this as well i think that's probably something that's going to come out like i mean the question is how do you train uh priests today you know how how much should it be in the seminary the the tridentine seminary system that we that we have how much should it be in the parishes um is it too much in the in the in the seminary kind of house of formation or should it be more in the parishes i mean there's plenty of options there i i think um that there's a lot of things to to consider but uh, as i say, i i do think france is, is across this thank you thank you if there are any other questions oh um maggie vine
1: maggie um i won't say again where where i come from um with our um, experience of the groups in our parish it's been fascinating because one of the reactions has been that people have been heard at last or listened to and there's been remarkable joy in the precious experience of being as people perceive it being heard in that moment so much has been locked inside their hearts for so long and one of the big debates has come out and i think it matters to all of us is that god loves everyone and the love of god is at the heart of our faith we are a faith of love and yet we're a faith of cruelty so often and one of the experiences that um, was uh, made manifest in this is access to holy communion whereby different priests respond differently, particularly through confession or counseling or guidance uh, to people who live together and who will be refused Holy Communion, LGBT community, et cetera, et cetera. But then if you go forward and look at uh, Amorous Letizia and you see the definitions or the, the, um, for instances in the joy of love, and there we have the primacy of personal conscience. So it's a question of really, for me, as somebody who does some of the guiding in this is there's the global and the local and the merging and the interpretation of individuals and where the in where the person themselves say you or me what's guiding you what's guiding me what's at the heart in our hearts where is our faith? you know is it in in here or is it in the man in his beret and his cassock, and and so on so to me that's um The primacy of personal conscience and giving that something special and uh, making sure that people understand it and that the Pope has actually recently emphasized it when he was asked for clarity.
0: I I think you've raised, I think, some of the key uh, points around how we discern and how the church goes forward uh, in the Synod. can I just ask you what you what do you what was your point about the pope asking for clarity? Well Which,
1: the pope was asked recently i think about four or five weeks ago i joined at the, um the american media so i get all the little bits of information and he was asked about some paragraph in amoris laetitia what does it actually oh, mean
0: Oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no I, I think the point is that um i mean there's there's a lot to say and we're coming to the end but basically Francis has not responded to the uh, challenge to Amoris Laetitia, which came from the group of cardinals who demanded he answer yes, no on certain yep. things. Now he's done that because he's he first of all that was a trap um, to try and Ooh. to try and you know he wasn't going to engage with that, but but also because um, he has not wanted to dictate. At the level you're talking about, the primacy of conscience to dictate from Rome. Someone's conscience, he said, we are not called to. Uh, we we are, we are called to form consciences, not to replace them. Precisely,
1: that's the
0: words from the. Dr. So so so, he's 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 basically opened a space for discernment. He's not said everyone who's divorced and remarried can come back to communion. It's a free for all. No, but he's neither said no they're barred he said we open the discussion we open the discernment we listen and i think that's absolutely um at the heart of 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 this pontificate. because as you say we have a faith uh, that that is a faith not of as you put it the, the man in the beretta it's faith in in god and jesus christ it, it which is a faith that uh, we hold in our in our hearts as well as our as well as our minds so Um, I think you're absolutely right. And and I think um, on that note, we're going to uh, have to close the discussion. And um, I want to thank you all again for for, for taking part in it. And I really appreciated your your questions and uh, I hope we can do this again very soon.